Hi, and uh, welcome to AMI Today podcast. I'm Dr. Eric Huntington, the CEO of AMI, and I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, as well as somebody that I do business with, uh, Eric Miller from Econologics uh, Financial Advisors. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate me. I appreciate you letting me be here. How about that? A absolutely. Well, you know, I'm excited. I've actually been thinking about, um, uh, you know, shooting this podcast uh, for a couple of weeks. I, we, we met at my house back a couple of weeks ago to talk about all things finance. Uh, you're one of the people I really enjoy talking uh, to when it comes to finance and investments and money because uh, I, I like your perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, I like what, you, what your company has to offer. You know, I've been a client of your company. I know you've serviced a lot of AMI doctors. Uh, I know that um, uh, you've worked with Mike and Colleen Carberry. And so, uh, you know, those are just obviously all people who are familiar. Uh, you know, there are people that our doctors, many of whom are watching, are, uh, you know, are familiar with. And so, you know, you're familiar with uh, doctors in general. Why don't, why don't you give us a, a little background on what your uh, company does? Yeah, so uh, we specialize obviously in working with private practice owners, you know, and I think that was one of the things we started our company was really important to us is that, um, you know, I don't work with every type of healthcare professional, you know, we really have to believe that was one of the criteria that we had, we had to believe in the kind of care that someone actually delivered, you know, I don't want to work with people that are creating destructive um, effects on other people. So, you know, we only work with those types of private practice owners that really um, produce good help. And then we specialize in really helping them, you know, because a, a lot of your doctors are really, really good at, at building a business, right? Yes. Um, but they're not as good as making sure that, that that wealth that's created in their business translates into personal um, success or personal wealth. So, you know, we specialize in really helping them integrate their business cash flow and channeling that to their household so that you can have, you know, success in both areas. Great. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the, um, the things that I really, there's a bunch of things I really liked about uh, your company and about the services you guys offer. And in, in today's podcast, what I'd like for our audience is if we could touch a bit on how do you choose a financial planner, right? Like That's a good through, one. Through, through our conversations, what, what kinds of things do you want to look for? And then also, what should you get from your financial plan? What, what, what should your expectations be? And I'll frame the question this way. I've, I've had um, good relationships with people who have helped me with my finances. Several different people call themselves financial planners in, in work, but they offered um, uh, very different services. Uh, so, some, some basically were like, uh, you know, stock pickers. I mean, they, they helped me basically pick some, you know, funds or stocks or whatever. Other people were more broad in the investments that they'd recommend. And then uh, your company uh, not only helped me to select places to put my money, but actually helped me to understand money and finance uh, to a degree and to a depth that I had never uh, uh, realized was possible. I don't know if it's even realistic on a podcast like this to have somebody understand the amount of material your company has put together uh, to help a person understand finance. It, it's yeah, just incredible. It, we just, uh, we're, we're actually going to be shooting uh, our, our summit that we do. We're, we're, it's two and a half day training for private practice owners and we're up to like 270 slides already in, in, uh, of, of material. So yes, yeah, so we do like put an emphasis on training because look, I don't want to just tell people what to do with their money. 
right? That's not what an advisor does. You know, my, my job is to educate people so that they're certain and that they have control over their money. And, you know, certainly that we, we give guidance and, you know, we will position people into, into certain things, but, you know, I want people to know why they're doing the things that they're doing. That, that's really, really important for them to really take responsibility for their financial condition. So yes, we definitely put a premium on, on training. Um, but I think, you know, and to go back to your first question, as far as like what to look for in a financial advisor, there, there's a couple things, you know, for me, first and foremost, is that they, they have to have a philosophy that is in alignment with yours in regards to money, right? Like if, if you don't, if you don't have a philosophy of money, like how money works and where it comes from and, 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 and your advisor, you guys are on the same page with that that's not going to be a very successful relationship. Talk um, to me a little bit more about that, because I think without looking closely, you could think yeah. that, well, any advisor and client would just want more. Right. But, but there's I, more to it than that. There, 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 there definitely is. You know, I think one of our, our main philosophies, and I'm sure that we'll get into this, is that, you know, you have to run your household like a business, right? And you have to have that mindset. Not a lot of advisors even think that way when they're dealing with, with their clientele. And yet that, that's really kind of a key thing. Um, you know, I think that, uh, um, you know, we talked about, you know, making sure that um, you're paying yourself correctly. Like you, your business is creating all this wealth. Are you making sure that it's paying uh, yourself what it should based upon the risk and, and all the effort and hard work that you put into your business? So, um, but, you know, even, even below that, you know, like, uh, what's your philosophy on um, investments, on asset protection, on taxes, on estate planning? You know, there's just, there's, there's so many things that, that go into that. that That's, a good just, point. That's a good point, Eric. You meant that you're reminding me of something that you went over with me. I can remember you showing me, uh, you had done an analysis on my finances and I got like a binder back from you, right? And yep. I can remember we looked at one page and there was a graph on it. And it was showing um, my practice, like any business, is uh, generally stated a high degree of risk. Now, th that isn't a comment on, on my ability in business. Of course, I've got a lot of hatting in that area, so, so I can control it well. But business in general is a high degree of risk. And so as a general rule, as I invest my money, I'm already taking a high degree of risk in, while I'm being a business owner. So I shouldn't be taking a high degree of risk with the majority of my uh, investment assets. Now, you want to speculate in those areas that you feel like you have the most control over. That's the areas that you want to speculate, right? Yes. And you have a tremendous, and, and most of your doctors have a tremendous amount of uh, control and competency in their business, right? Or yes. even in the building that they have. Okay. But yes. when it comes to, and that's where you should focus on really speculating and expanding and really trying to build your empire there. Right. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I think if you look at any big organization, um, they certainly don't put all their eggs in one basket. You know, how much cash is Apple sitting on right now? How much cash is Berkshire Hathaway sitting on right now? Right. These guys have enormous amounts of reserves because they understand that while they can speculate, they also have to make sure they keep their powder dry. And I think that's where a lot of practice owners kind of fall down is that they, they put all of their money in, 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 in growing their business and they forget to really pay themselves. 
treating their household like a business and building reserves and income producing assets outside of their practice that don't necessarily correlate, which I think you were talking about, to yes. the risk that you take in your business. That, that's, that's right. That was exactly the discussion. It was risk correlation. You're a high degree of risk here. We want to make sure you're not at a very high degree of risk with this money that you're looking to put away, as an example. Yeah, that's right. And I think the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is the biggest thing that separates most advisors. I mean, you ask, go ask an advisor, like, what are your statistics that you use to measure my progress and my condition? And they're probably only going to give you like maybe one or two, like a net worth statement. Um, and maybe they'll give you a portfolio review of a performance, like you were talking about, just like a performance valuation of my stocks or my bonds. And that's it. Right. They, they don't have really the correct financial metrics. Now, I'm not, not not everyone's like that. There's some really good elite advisors out there. But by and large, I think you want to work with someone that really has a system that has metrics so that you can track because, you know, look, it's it's not my job. And I'm probably going to kick myself in the butt for saying this. It's not my job to make you money. That's what you're good at. Right. That's what you do. Right. My job is to make sure that you have the right habits that you have the right attitude about money and that you are taking and trust your judgment and taking the right actions that are going to lead you towards whatever financial condition that you want to get into. And our job is to hold you accountable because that's what we do, right? We will hold you accountable. Everybody needs a boss. Everybody needs a boss, right? Yeah. And when it comes to your money, um, it's very easy to stop paying attention to your money. And like, you know, I mean, recently I, I didn't pay attention to my, 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 my weight and I got on the scale. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't been paying attention to it. And look what happened. Right. So for the last two weeks, I've been seeing a personal trainer. Okay. I'm, I'm putting my attention back on there. Yeah. When, when it comes to people's money, man, they just take their attention off of it. And, and you know, like anybody else, you take your attention off your cash flow lines or your money lines for just a couple of seconds. It's like a toddler at, at a mall. It will just run away and get out of control. Yep. So I think you really, that it's, it's, a, it's something that you really, you just can't neglect. You have to have someone that holds you accountable and that is paying, making you pay attention to your money. You know, I think that's one of the things that I really liked about working with you and with your company is that you helped me uh, get the hatting so that I understood finance and can understand what we, you're advising me on and, and what I should be considering. And then you help me to, uh, you know, organize my practice to ensure that there's money coming out so that uh, it can not only fund my household, but then there could be money left over, uh, not necessarily left over, but put there, maybe even put there first, right? So that, so that <laughs> that money could be invested. And then, yeah. right. And then we set up a system so that automatically happened. Yes. And then, uh, you know, we worked on, you know, paying some, paying down some of the large liabilities. Those are some of the targets. I ended up with a house that's, you know, completely paid off. And I, I know there's different philosophies on it, but that's what I wanted to do. My, yeah. Right. You, you didn't necessarily say I had to do that, but that was important for me. So yeah. we, we, you helped me achieve that target. And then, um, and then you advised me on different uh, investments that I could make that would help, uh, you know, continue, continue to grow that money and, and, and earn uh, cash flow. So I had multiple streams of income. Yeah, I think a lot of advisors get too fixed on just like one investment and that's all they do. And I understand that because that's how they get paid, right? So that you'll see a lot of people just push investment products or wealth management strategies and mutual funds and, and those kinds of things. 
And I never wanted to be boxed in with those. I wanted to keep an open mind. I wanted to be able to say, you know, because as a fiduciary, I have to do what's in the best interest of the client, right? So I just can't say, well, I'm just going to push insurance products or investment products. And that really isn't our product anyway. Our product is, you know, you getting into a condition. I just, we just named the term of it called financial beast mode, right? And I think all the things that you just said right there are like what, what that means. You're, you're debt free, you're protected, you have income coming in, your business is booming, you're paying yourself, you're creating other income streams. And most importantly, you're relaxed about your financial condition. You're not content, right? But you're not stressing out about like, oh my God, can I pay my bills this week? You know what I mean? Yes. And, and that, that's a big thing. And, you know, for a lot of the people that, that are out there right now, um, look, I mean, and we talked about this, you guys are under attack, right? I mean, you really are. If you're a practice owner, you are, you are under attack. You are under attack from a tax system that is penalizing people that produce money and rewarding people yeah. for doing nothing, both rich and poor. You're under attack from a legal system where for like 130 bucks, you can go sue anybody that you want to. You're under attack from a healthcare system, which I don't know about you, but you know, you know, every once a year I hear a doctor that that gets audited and they come in there and say you owe us five hundred thousand dollars for because you forgot to code something right, right? You know, you're yes. under you're under attack from a monetary system that's making your money worthless every single year, and you're under attack from an investment system which basically says, hey, give us all of your money. We'll, we'll manage this, charge you a fee, and then you take all the risk for that. That, right. that doesn't sound like something that, you know, it almost sounds like an unwinnable game, but you can actually do something about that. Absolutely. I mean, of course, the first step is to, uh, to, to, to be abundant with your practice, right? To, to make that's lots right. of money. I think that's usually step number one, right? That, that always is going to solve almost any problem that you have yes. is make a lot of money. And, but do it in a way that of, of course is, is in alignment with your purpose. And, um, but yeah, your business is definitely your wealth engine. Um, but it's not more important than your household. And I think that, that, that's a key point. I, I think it is too, because I, I, I have obviously, uh, as you know, Eric, and, and maybe many, many, many people who are watching this video, I, I've consulted with, you know, at this point, thousands of doctors and, um, and I've come across plenty of doctors who had generated you know, a tremendous amount of revenue in their practice and somehow it never, it never ended up, a significant amount of it never ended up with the family or with the doctor. Uh, and it's sad to see that because um, it really, it is simple uh, to make sure that money makes it through to where it needs to be and is protected uh, if you just have the hatting and some guidance from a professional who can, you know, who knows where you need to go. Yeah, that, that's the first thing that we address with everyone is that, you know, is the business satisfying and, and, and fulfilling the goals and purposes that you have for your household, regardless yeah. of what that is. And it, what it does is it, is it puts the right income demand on the business to fulfill that. Right? You know, let's define that just for a moment, because that maybe not everybody understands that concept. Uh, this concept of income demand, it's an, yeah. it's, it's sort of, a, uh, for an individual, it'd be this, uh, how much money do you need to make? Yeah. What kind of demand do you have internally? And also maybe from, from external factors 
that would push you to to need to make income. And, and a business is simply a collection of individuals. So what kind of demand does that um, business have to make money? Right. So from a household perspective, look, there's three things that you, that you would like to do, right? You'd like to have enough money to pay for whatever lifestyle that you have. You want to have enough money that you have disposable income to spend on whatever you want to. And of course, you want to make enough money that you can use to invest in other things that will produce you income, right? Now, yep. there's a number around that, right? Now, it's going to be different for everybody. Some people, it's $500,000 a year. Some people, it's a million dollars a year. Some people, it's you know $10 million a year. But those are really the things that are going to make up. This is my income target, right? This is how much yeah. I need to make, right? Yes. So from there, you would just say, okay, how much does my business need to produce at a 25 to 30% profit margin, right? That would um, allow me to satisfy that number for my household. You see, we just kind of reverse engineer that. And once you do that, then you start putting the, cor the correct you know, you put the right systems, you, you put the right intention, you put the right, you know, speed in, 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 you know, in the mix, like, what do I need to do to get this push? It's a push, right? What's the, the push that I need to put on my business so that I can make that number because I can't live without that number. Like that's yeah. my, that's my number right there. I, I think and, that's such a good, it's such a good point. It's such an easy thing to see. You know, we all have income demand to make sure uh, that we have enough uh, money to put food on our table. Yeah. And for most of us, for most of our lives, we never miss that target. In other words, there's enough pressure that you have to make enough money to eat that you always hit that target, right? That's right. But when it comes to having enough money to put something away for the future, to, to invest, a lot of times the viewpoint that we can take, and I've done this, is, is, I, is I have all the things that, that are demanding income, they get paid first. Yeah. And then whatever's left over, if there's anything left over, is money I can invest. And of course, when you take that viewpoint and that strategy, you end up you never end up with anything left over to invest. Yeah. How many times have people looked at their profit and loss statements in their business and they're like, how come there's never any profit left over in my in my bank accounts? Right. That's right. Why is that? Right. And yep. it's really simple. You know, it's it just goes back to the two at uh, the gold rules of income and expenses. Your 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 business is going to try to spend every bloody dollar that it makes and then some so we're your household right yep. but it also will make the amount of money that it that it thinks it needs to make to to survive and and thrive right yeah so instead of like fighting those natural laws just just apply them right and yes. and just make sure that you're you're you think about that and when you're figuring out like your make break numbers for your business like how much do i really need to make every month just make sure that you're incorporating in your profits, you're incorporating in money for taxes, you're incorporating in money for business reserves, because I think, you know, we can all now say, my gosh, I don't know how prepared we were to be shut down for two to three months. I better get in the mindset of having at least two months of business reserves so that I don't have to worry about that situation again, right? So right. all of those things need to be like um, calculated correctly. And I'll say that the reason that most people are insolvent or having problems with cash flow is because they're just operating on the wrong target. Yes. And and once you get the right target, now you start, you know, changing things around so that you make the amount of money that you need to. Yeah. And so one of the practical things you had me do, which I think we can mention here so that people can take something away and actually apply it, maybe even right after this would be, you had me uh, from the personal income that was coming over to me from my, my businesses, you had me have a, a bank draft 
automatically take money out of my personal account and put it in a separate bank account. Not, not that bank, like another bank. So it was not the bank I normally used. It was kind of harder to get to, right? And so there was this sort of, and I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has heard this strategy before, but you, you have money literally just disappear every week or every other week, right? And, and the reason for that is to make sure that um, uh, that bill, if you will, that, that debit that comes out is literally just part of your every, every week, every month experience. Yeah, it's the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing that I, I actually have to sell people on doing that. You know, that it's like, yep. and it's awesome. How awesome is it? Like when oh. that goes in and it, then like, you know, seven months later, you got 70, 80 grand sitting there and like, dude, this is awesome. From? Right. Exactly. And, and I think the, but I've had to sell that harder than any, any other thing. Right. I, and I, I don't, it. and I get it because, and I, and I just, I justify it this way. You're the owner. All right. If, your name are your name is on all of the mortgages. Your name is you know when there's a problem with the staff, you have to deal with it. Um, if you're going to get sued, who are they going to sue? They're going to sue you. So you really have to look and say, you know what? There's an owner pay that I deserve, and that owner pay is that 10%. And really, the simplicity is is that if you can incorporate that into your make break number and and make sure that 10% of the practice rep practice revenue not not profits the revenue every single week is coming out into what I call a wealth storage account which is just a separate bank account that you open somewhere else that you're not used to so that there's not a tendency to spend it yep. and just set that one thing up man I'm telling you I've I've seen more people that have gotten the financial freedom that way than that, that, that is that is the key right there. I believe it. And you know, that was just one little, one tiny strategy, but huge yeah. results, right? That you had me employ. And um, anyway, I, you know, I hope everybody listening, you know, if you're somewhat familiar with that strategy, go ahead and employ it. Uh, yeah. There's so much more that, uh, you know, that uh, you've helped me do. Um, you know, I, one will say the, I will say it's not as easy as it sounds. And you have to sometimes do that on a gradient. So before you start yeah. like trying to do 10%, don't start at 10%. I would start at maybe two or 3% and then gradiently increase that. And, you know, if you need more help then you can reach out to me and I can tell you the exact way to do it because I've seen people try to do it and then they fail and then they think it doesn't work. Yes. But it does. They just did it the wrong way. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point, Eric. Uh, so, you know, uh, just some of the other things you guys have helped me with, you've helped me with, um, You've helped me with tax strategy, and I'd like to like to talk a little bit about that because, you know, uh, the tax man is the biggest bill that I'm ever going to have in my entire life. And uh, I, I remember when you actually said that to me, and I went, "Yeah, I, I never really thought about it that way." But you're right. If there's something we can do about uh, about paying less <laughs> to the tax man legally, I'd like to know how to do it. And so you've helped me with that, and you also helped me with, um, you know, connecting up with people that could help me with uh, my estate. You know, I, I'm. I'd like to think that's a long way off, but, um, but I do have kids. I do have a wife and, um, you know, I have to make sure those things are in order, you know, will yeah. and all those other kinds of things you help me make sure that are, that are in place. Yeah. Again, you're going to run your household like a business and you have to make sure your legal rudiments are in place. Right. And that means that if something happens to you, because you're obviously the, you know, one of the main breadwinners, then there has to be provisions that, you know, God forbid if something happens to you, you know that your, your family's gonna be taken care of. It's not just about a life insurance policy. You know, it's making sure that, you know, 
all of these other things from an estate point of view are, are in place so that you can just sleep good at night. It's the one point that when we get a hold of most business owners, that's, that's it's always deficient. Like nobody has these things done because I get it. You don't want to confront all these horrible things that can happen, but you know, it doesn't take very long. It's not that expensive. I don't think your, your estate was that expensive, maybe a couple oh, thousand no, bucks I, to get. I couldn't get believe it how inexpensive it was. I, don't even, yeah. I honestly don't even know that it was that much. I mean, it was yeah. really so inexpensive. It, it's, it's really, it's really not a big expense. Um, but it's so important to, it really is a core of, of leaving a legacy for everyone in your family. And, and, and it's a point of responsibility that I think everyone should take. I agree. Um, I, I remember you guys did an evaluation with me when I first came, came to you and it kind of graded me in some different areas. And that was the one area I was super deficient in was yeah. when you just mentioned, which is making sure all my legal rooms are in on the, uh, you know, on the, on the, on the home side. Yeah. But you take, but you take, but you took action really, really fast. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and you, and you jumped on it. Same with taxes. I mean, this is an area that, ouch. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you that, you know, I, um, I've had some, I, the CPAs, I've always had great relationships with, the CPAs that have helped me throughout my life. Um, they were more of a tax preparer than uh, a tax strategist. They would pretty much, they'd handle whatever I gave to them, but they were just gathering data and completing the returns. I didn't, I didn't get very much uh, strategy from them uh, and certainly not the kind of strategy I got when I connected up with you. There's 4 million words in the tax code. That's more than probably every Harry Potter book put together. It is completely unreasonable to think <laughs> that an accountant is going to know every single passage in that tax code. Yeah. And they'll tell you that too. And most of them are, you know, and I, and I know that we dog accountants sometimes, and I have some really bad conversations with accountants, but I will tell you that, that they really don't have the viewpoint that they're there to like, quote unquote, you know, save you on taxes. Um, their, their first responsibility is to make sure that you're compliant, is to make sure that you're not going to get quote unquote audited. And, and that really is what their viewpoint is. Uh, some of them are, you know, definitely a little bit more aggressive and they, and they want to help people minimize their taxes, but by and large, they just don't want you to get in trouble. And so, so that, that might be a little bit counter to minimizing your taxes in a legal it, way. It, it definitely right. is because there is no way that if you want to minimize your taxes, you don't necessarily, I mean, you, you don't break the law, you know, you're not, this isn't tax avoidance. Um, it's simply making sure that you utilize the tax code correctly so that you take advantage of what, you know, seemingly a lot of these people that are at the top of the money food chain, you know, why is their effective tax rate in that 20, 25% or lower range? Because they you have know? professionals that tell them exactly how to do that based on the tax code. Exactly. And they're not afraid of the IRS. You know, yeah. they're not afraid of the IRS. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS. If you get audited, so what? Yeah. Make sure that you are, you know, you keep good records. But to me, you know, there's, there's some really key areas to minimize your taxes. Number one, you got to have willingness. And if, and if you or your accountant don't have willingness to even look at these different strategies, then you're never going to, you're never going to lower your tax bill. Yeah. Uh, you got to have energy follow through um, and documentation um, to be able to minimize your taxes. And if you can do those things, then there's certainly, there's strategies out there that can help you as a practice owner. And it all depends on what kind of range that you're in. You know, there's 
there's deductions that maybe you'll get, you know, three to 5,000 and that, okay, well, that's better than, you know, paying that to the IRS. Sure. Then you have, you know, more advanced uh, strategies, which I think you've used um, okay. to your, to your advantage. Yes. And that's really, you know, as you, as your income has went up, you know, I don't know what, what your tax liability is, but I'm sure it's, it's probably lower, if not the same, even though you've made more money. Yes, right? that, that is correct. And, and I had no idea that these strategies were uh, available. And then when you shared them with me, uh, I, I did my research. I looked into them. I, I, I spoke to my CPA, the guy that I have currently. And, and fortunately, he is, um, you know, he said, yeah, I understand these. Uh, let's do it. So yeah. there's going to be a degree of risk in anything that you do. If you're going to try to save forty or $50,000, but my gosh, man. Saving forty or fifty thousand dollars, how many how many patients do you have to see to be able to make up that kind of money? To net that much. To net that much money. That's right. right. Think about That's that. Right. Yeah, I, so, I actually have this from last year. One of those strategies that I'm doing uh, is going to save me seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, net. seventy thousand bucks from net. last year. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and, how much uh, how much work do you have to put in to get seventy thousand dollars? Exactly, and I can I've done that same strategy the last uh, three years. It, it's worked great, and uh, and I can mm -hmm. remember when I I sat down with my CPA to go over it. He said I'm familiar with this. Um, he said uh, he said look, I know this is completely legitimate. He goes actually this particular strategy, the IRS sends out a notice every year with a couple of you know, a higher risk strategy, things that, that may flag your account. He goes, this is on there almost every year. He goes, but that right there tells you it's legitimate. It just has to be done properly. Right. So he goes, make sure you're working with somebody who's reputable that, that can help you structure this. And then it's fine. Yeah. So again, it goes back to look, I mean, you're, if you're going to do it right, or if you're going to, if you're going to use a strategy like this, you just got to make sure that it's, it's done right. Correct. And you know, where a lot of these, these strategies get a bad name is because of course there's abuse in anything. And yep. when they take and they make this abuse and then, then the whole thing kind of gets a, you know, a scarlet letter on it. And, right. and then all of a sudden all the accountants are, are all saying, Oh, don't do this. You're, you're going to get a red flag. You're going to get audited. It's really kind of funny. Like the group think that occurs and nobody really inspects it. And I'm sitting here and I get, and I'll get emails like every single week from someone forwarding someone into their account that says, Hey, uh, the IRS sent this. And I'm like, look at it again. And then they do. And they're like, Oh, why didn't he tell me that? I'm like, because he's, he's just as nervous as you are. About yeah. It. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I tell you, Eric, I, I had, uh, I had an, an audit on the personal side and on the business side, uh, probably five or six years ago now. Turned out fine. There was actually absolutely no problems. It, it is, you know, it is not a, a pleasant experience. No, necessarily, right? I mean, who wants to have to go through that and find all your documents and and deal with it? But uh, but it just seems so silly to be afraid of that and therefore not look to take advantage of the perfectly legal uh, tax strategies that you can do. And as as a lot of your AMI guys are are really you know utilizing the AMI system, I mean, they're making boatloads of revenue right now. Yeah, that's right. And, and they're growing. And I know with all the other things you guys are doing, I mean, that you're going to have a tax problem and we're not talking about like, Hey, how do I minimize 10 or $15,000 a year? I mean, some of, 
you know, if, if they do this system right, I mean, you're looking at making six, seven, eight hundred, a million more than that a year. Yeah. And that's a, that's a humongous tax bill. It, it is. Um, I should mention, just because we talked about these things close together, when I had my audit five or six, like a seven years ago now, it had nothing to do with these advanced tax strategies. This was mm -hmm. just, I, when I was filing my return, I had no idea about these things. I just happened to be a random selection, which is, you know, you always have that, you know, you always have that as a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but since I've been doing these, I have not had an audit. But if I did, I, I wouldn't really be worried about it. I mean, yeah, you don't have to, I mean, the, the audit really is, I mean, really is based upon, and I know there's a lot of theories out there, but really from what I've, what I've studied, it's how much money that you make. And uh, it is, what's the other thing they look at? Uh, if you don't report certain income that you should have, sure. and yep. that's good. That'll probably flag you for an audit. I could be wrong and a CPA would probably be more than happy to correct me. But uh, those are the things that I think that you're going to get audited for. But again, uh, I, I really wouldn't worry too much about it. Just make sure that you are polite and you are, uh, hey, these are the records that we have and keep good records and, and you know, you should be fine. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you know what they scrutinized seemingly the most with my audit? Uh, I, I guess they looked at just about everything. I guess I, you know, I wasn't, we sent them all the records, but they came for an on-site visit and um, they wanted to see, I had, I owned my building. So I had a situation where I was renting, my business was renting from one LLC was renting from the other, the, the, yeah. the business LLC is renting from the LLC that owned the, uh, the property. And so uh, it seemed that they wanted to make sure that the rent rate was correct. Uh, okay. uh, in other words, it, which makes sense, right? Which, in which it was, there was no problem with it. Uh, they wanted to make sure I wasn't overcharging myself. So they came, they did an on-site inspection to make sure, I guess the building was there. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I can remember it was a sort of stressful because, you know, you just never know what, you know, I got all these records. I haven't looked at most of them. I mean, most of the stuff is stuff you generate in a computer or, you know, checking accounts, like you do your best, right? And you hope your accountant's gotten everything square. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, it turned out totally fine. But again, this goes back, Eric, to what we talked about before is that, hey, look, you know, there, there are things that we're all going to, that we're going to make mistakes. And, and uh, so make sure that you have plenty of reserves and resources and income sources and all of those things so that if there is something like that, that does happen, you can just write a check. Right. And it may be painful. Right. But at least it's not going to put you into a position where you have to go into debt or you have to borrow from somebody else. You know, yes. it's 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 totally OK to have a couple hundred grand sitting in a checking account. It's totally fine. Right. Yep. And just, you know, just just be able to, to tolerate that. A lot of people can't. They're like, I have it. I have to like get rid of it. And then they end up like spending it on things that really aren't going to produce them any more income or money. So that's right. Exactly. It is. It is. So, um, you know, for doctors who are sitting there watching this, right, you, you've got probably got some doctors who are very confident with what, what their current course uh, is and, and, and how things are, you know, what, what they're doing. Um, I, I would say for those doctors who are very confident with their financial planner, um, if you want additional padding on finance, your two and a half day workshop, was the best I've ever sat through, by far. I mean, you know, we're talking five, 10 times better than any other seminar or class I've ever sat through on finance. It's that good. Uh, that is worth attending, uh, even if you feel confident with your finances and you're happy with the people you work with. Uh, you know, I would say take a look at that. 
it's just it's extraordinary here. And then, you know, and then other people, you know, maybe don't, don't know what course to take with, uh, maybe they've got nobody they're working with or they're not sure if they're happy. Um, you know, what should somebody do from this point uh, if, they, if they wanna start taking control of their finances? Yeah, so I think the first thing, just be willing to confront your finances. It's, it's not scary. You can do something about it. And you really have to look and see exactly where you are financially, because the last thing that you want to sit in is a bunch of confusion. Like, hey, I don't know how much debt I have. I don't know how I'm going to pay this off. I don't know if my assets are protected. I don't know if I've saved enough for, you know, quote unquote retirement. I don't know what my business is worth. If you have all of these I don't knows, then you really need to like just confront that. And, you know, we have a tool called the Financial Prosperity Index. That's the one thing that you, that you took that assessment. That oh, yes. at least give you a snapshot of where you are. It's about a hundred question assessment. You can go to our, our website, econologics.com. Uh, it'll say, check your score. And it will, you know, you can take the assessments, just yes, no, or maybe questions. And it'll give you a, a score, kind of like a credit score. Um, on what your current condition is. It'll also do one for your business as well, as far as how ready it is to transition for maximum value. So we have a couple of assessments out there, but that, that would really be the first place that, that I would start. And, you know, to your point about our, our summit, yeah, we're, we're pretty proud of that because, you know, look, we want to, a lot of people that are in, you know, working with AMI, you know, you, you know what like a mutual fund is or a stock. That's, that's not the kind of financial training that you need, right? You need to know what are the drivers of wealth. You need to know how to systematize that. You need to know where to look. You need to know where to protect your money as you're growing it. You need to know how to minimize taxes. You need to know some of those things. Now we mix in basics with more advanced stuff, but uh, you know, you can't ever stop learning. And once you have the idea that you already know everything, then, you know, you're kind of in for a fall at some point in time. But um, yeah, we're, we're pretty proud that we put together uh, a lot of good material that is um, digestible and it's implementable. Is that a word? It is. Implementable? It is. It is. One of the, things, is I now, really, right? one of the things I really liked about that, that workshop uh, when I attended was, you know, I really got an understanding of the behaviors of people who have high condition finances. Yes. Versus the behaviors of people whose finances are always in a poor condition. And, uh, you know, as much as I'd like to tell you that I, I, I found myself always in the high conditioned uh, categories, uh, it would not, not true. I mean, I, I saw that uh, in some of the areas I had my behaviors over, over you know, years had not always put me in that highest category. And those are things I was easily able to change walking out of the seminar. Yeah. And I think most people, the, the, the idea is like, Hey, I just want to accumulate a bunch of money. That's not really the end game of money. You, you want to have confidence in your judgments and you want to be able to control money. And that's the one thing that I, that, that totally differentiates people that are really, really good with money that are really bad with money. Some guys are excellent at acquiring money. There's guys out there that can just go out there and just make a ton of money. And there's guys out there that can just like put their money in an investment and just expand it exponentially. They're really, really good at that. But the best guys really know how to control their money and they know exactly how to channel it. They, it's not like they're just watching their pennies every single day. They just know how to direct it and control it extremely well. And those, if you can put those three things together, the ability to acquire it, the ability to control it, and the ability to expand it, I mean, you're not going to have any problems, man. That's, 
That's a good point, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's really good at that? The Vegas casinos, man. Those guys are the best at those oh, three things right now. Isn't, isn't it horrible you that know? they are like the, such a great example of that? But, but <laughs> boy, terrible. do they have that down pat. I'm trying to think of somebody else, but my gosh, they are so good at all three of those things that it's incredible. It, it, yeah, it's true. That's why they keep expanding larger, bigger hotels every year. <laughs> all right. Well, Eric, we're, we're uh, probably rounding up on uh, about the time when, um, you know, we should wrap this up. So um, I thank you very much for joining us. Uh, what I'd like to do, maybe if we, um, you know, can set up something maybe a few weeks, maybe a month or two down the road, we can come back together again and maybe ha hit on some other topics in finance. Yeah, maybe your the, the listeners can give us some ideas about what they'd like to listen to uh, or some topics that would be helpful to them. And we can talk about debt and credit, estate, we, get, we can do deeper dives in estate planning or asset protection, I think would be a really, really good one because as a lot of your, your, your practice owners are getting more and more stuff and more and more money, you know, it's really key to make sure that you're insulating that and there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do that. And that's, that's a key point. Cause you know, what's the point of like getting all this stuff and accumulating all this stuff and then one lawsuit, that's all it takes is one lawsuit that can wipe people out. And I've seen it happen and it, you know, it can be from a car accident or, you know, anything. It's just, it, it you really have to make sure that you, you protect your money as well. Yes. No, I think that'd be a great topic. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll get, take any input that we get, maybe, uh, put something together for a future date. Uh, I'd love to have you back. I've learned so much from you and, uh, uh, I'd like to make sure that the doctors and everyone who follows our podcast gets a, a chance to learn those things as well. Likewise, uh, man, you're really, really good with money. And, uh, it's, 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 it's really nice that how receptive you are, to new ideas and but you really i think the key is that you really implement things fast and that's important for everybody to really do just implement things fast and with yeah. decisional speed yes everybody listening especially clients of ours did you hear what eric said implement fast yes speed of implementation yes 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 <laughs> exactly so eric if, if people want to reach out and learn more about econologics that, that's e-c-o-n-o-l O-G-I-C-S, right? And I, I, I'd love to change the name, but right now, why do that? But uh, it's, yeah, it's econologics.com. Uh, uh, the word actually means the skills and practices, the study of the skills and practices of the management of the household. So that's that's what we focus on is your, is your household. But you can yes. go to econologics.com, econologicsfinancialadvisors.com. And we have a whole website there where we have downloads and um, materials for all different kinds of practices, chiropractors, of course, uh, being one of them. So definitely check it out. And if you want to go ahead and take that assessment, you can just go to check your score and you can fill out the assessment and uh, that'll get you that'll get you started. Okay, great. Well, Eric, thank you very much for uh, being on the show today and for everybody who's watching. Uh, we appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing in our community here. We look forward to seeing you again next week.